sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, with me, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you everything you need to be profitable and, you know, put fun and functional sports content right here, bright and early on a fall Monday. Kev, you know, going into this week, everyone is loving Russell Wilson, right? Hashtag let Russ cook, the front runner for the MVP. You and I said going into this one, Long flight, west to east, Miami in the heat. This had the potential to be a little bit of a trap. And so I want to ask you, because the game was close for a lot of the game. It felt not like Russ was cooking the entire time. Mm -hmm. It felt a little ugly at times. But the Seahawks still put up 31 points, right? They go to 4-0. Russell Wilson still throws for 360 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the red zone interception was not MVP-esque, right? But that's the kind of things that happen in the ugly kind of weird non-conference road game that's the exact reason i told people to watch out for the home dog now they still covered but let me ask you i mean was russell wilson the mvp or was it just good enough in this one well look the difference in this all was they handed the ball off on the one yard line instead of just throwing it just to continue his passing touchdown numbers to go up 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 and he Mm. threw a pick on the one so right that's the difference between, oh, my God, he did it again. He threw five touchdowns, and eh, it was fine. I mean, look, he threw for 360 yards. They, as a team, scored 31 points. He still threw two touchdowns to the one interception. I mean, Russ was was plenty good. Tyler Lockett didn't look yeah. great. I mean, this was – and by the way, right, because we said it was an odd spot. But I know for at least me, I was like, hey, look, if I have to bet the game, and I did not physically put money down on this one, but if I had to, I am laying the points because this offense has just looked too good. And the late touchdown with a minute 50 was from Miami yep. to cover teasers, and they still didn't cover the pregame number. I mean, Seattle found themselves up 16 points in the fourth quarter. So this is a Seahawks team right now that if this is their bad game, if this is their ugly game, then – I mean, goodness me, watch out. Yep, no, I hear you. Like, like that's what we're saying, right? If this is the low bar for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, then yeah. teams are in trouble. Uh, one question for you on the other side. Miami's now one and three. When do we see Tua? So Miami, this is going to be schedule dependent. Like, Fitz still has to get the good spot, game. finding the right spot. So they're going to play uh, San Fran next week out in the Bay. Then they'll play at Denver, home versus the Chargers, home versus the Rams, at the Cardinals. Then it's Jets by week Jets. So if you want to go sooner, you can. But Jets by week Jets. I mean, that's play against the Jets at home, have the buy to digest your film, come back against the Jets. I mean, it's almost I hear you. tailor-made in the schedule to put Tua in that. Does the early success of Justin Herbert change the calculation for the Dolphins at all? If they're bad at what they do, if if they're bad at what they do, because that I would okay. never in a million years be like, 
Oh no, their rookie quarterback. Why? This is come on. This is not a year for the Dolphins. It's not a year for the Dolphins. Huh? I mean, I, I was excited about this team, and who knows? Maybe they'll surprise. But I haven't watched these games and been like, man, if it was like Fitz has not been great, but he's been fine. I don't feel like this is we're at a point where it's oh, Fitz is what's costing them football games. All right, fair enough. As we welcome back in our radio audience from around the country, thanks for waking up early with us on the early line, giving you the edge on the grid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, especially, of course, the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. You know, you talk about uh, MVP Russ. Well, last year's MVP did some of what earned him that award last year. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, they get a W over the football team, 31-17. I'm reminded that this spread was 14 on the number at some points in time, and the Ravens win by 14 points. And we saw Lamar running again. There was like a 50-yard scramble at one point. He runs for 53, gets into the end zone, completes 66% of his passes for 193. And look, Mark Andrews is back into the plan, right? Hmm. Gets into the end zone twice. Hollywood Brown, who he missed on Monday Night Football, you know, was productive again. I will say this, though. uh, Dwayne Haskins, to me, um, should keep his job uh, based on the performance that he had. Didn't really turn the ball over. 32 for 45, 314. He's got Terry McLaren there. It's just a bad spot, like we all said, for the Washington football team. But the Ravens get back up on the horse after their loss on Monday night. So on the Washington side, they are probably going to have a disastrous season. Because Ron Rivera can't stop talking this, yeah. about his desire to bench Haskins. And then the other day, as Ian Rappaport is tweeting about it, he's being quote-tweeted by Haskins' agent saying, <laughs> what do you want from a kid who only started 10 total games with next to no weaponry? And, I mean, he put it more elegantly than that. And, and it didn't feel right. as if he was attacking the lack of weapons, but he wasn't wrong in anything that he was saying. So I expect at some point Ron Rivera, incorrectly, is going to pull – uh, Haskins out of this game, and the year's going to be a disaster. And this 1-3 Washington team is not going to be competitive in a division that they actually should be competitive in. On the Baltimore side of this thing, a get-right spot for them. They, you know, The best sign for this team, Robert Griffin III taking snaps. And that's what we had <laughs> in this game, albeit not effective snaps, but that's what we had in this game. They Lamar, faked the punt also, like on their own side while up. <laughs> Oh, Jim Harbaugh loves nothing more than seeing bad teams. And next week, they're hosting the Bengals. Lamar Jackson runs for 100 yards next week. I'm saying it right now. This is where that's what he owns the Cincinnati Bengals. Owns them. Yeah, listen, the Baltimore Ravens looked like the Baltimore Ravens, and that is, you know, what these fans want to see after their loss in Uh, Kansas mm -hmm. City. We've got more games to discuss, and we'll do it when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on a big-time Monday where we've got a lot of stuff to look at. And, Kev, I want to ask you about the kind of perceptions of these two teams that faced off in Carolina yesterday. The Panthers beat the Arizona Cardinals 31-21, right? And now both of these teams are 2-2 two and two on the season. Both of these mm. teams are 500, and, and, and here's the crazy part. And maybe you'll challenge me on this statement. 
Teddy Bridgewater outplayed Kyler Murray yesterday, in my opinion. Okay, he goes 26 to 37, 276 yards, right? Runs for a score as well. We all love what Kyler Murray can do for his feet. But Teddy Bridgewater on his reconstructed knee was breaking dudes and scoring mm -hmm. as well, right? So talk to me about which way you want to see this. Is it like, hey, everyone chill out. The Arizona Cardinals are not going to go 16-0, and this is not the greatest show on turf. Kyler Murray is not like, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes. Or is it, hey, wait a second. Maybe these Panthers aren't the worst team in the NFL. Maybe these Panthers don't deserve to have a four-and-a-half win total. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater and this offense is decent, and even though Panthers' defense can't stop anybody, Teddy and the offense is going to keep him in games. So I won't, and hopefully no one will challenge you on that. Teddy threw for 143 more yards, only two more completions. What in the check down was that, Kyler Murray? A buck yeah, really. 33? I mean, that's wild. Like, three touchdowns, great. Sure, my like the fantasy day was fine. This is a, this is a surprising one for me. Last week, the okay. uh, Cardinals losing to the Lions, not that surprising, okay? It felt like a spot where they could be had. Carolina, off of a win. The Cardinals coming in. Because this the, the Panthers' defense for me, even though they held the Chargers in check, I didn't feel like they really had corrected that very much. This is another good defensive performance for this team. And the idea around this team was they'll score. There's enough offensive weaponry right. here. Even in McCaffrey's absence, Mike Davis has stepped up. Yeah. Bobby Anderson is, you know, you said it going into the weekend. Yeah. They're number one, but DJ Moore's a great number two. And Teddy Bridgewater will produce. There's there's good coaches here. Joe Brady looks good at the offensive uh, coordinator spot. So I don't want to say I'm surprised at the Panthers being two and two, but the difference for this team is not great Teddy performances. It's their defense. And if that's something that actually sticks around, okay, next week they play the Falcons. That's already a game mm. I'm excited about, okay? If that sticks around, well, look, then they, then they can get in the mix because there's enough offensive weaponry and really talent up in the coaching room and on the field right. to be excited about this team. It's a matter of whether they're going to be the worst defense in football by a mile in the way that they look the first two weeks of the year. No, I think that's fair, right? And I, I, I like that you focus on the offensive coaching, right? There's a reason Matt Rule was bought out for his crazy contract in college to be brought here. Mm. There's a reason they brought in Joe Brady, right, to be this passing game. They think they are going to implement what they do on offense as though they're Kingsbury or McVay. They're not worried about that, right? And they have the weapons. And this is without CMC. You're absolutely right. So I think they're going to hang in games. I've been telling you now for weeks, Kev, that Teddy Bridgewater is a viable QB2 in fantasy. And I think that will continue to be the case. Are you concerned at all about Arizona? Yeah, no, you should be. You should be. The, at the end of the day, I can see the Lions loss coming and tell you that that's a bad loss. Because it is. Because look at the yeah. Detroit Lions in the other three weeks, okay? And this Panthers loss is not good. And you now sit there at 2-2. Two and two. Okay, time to get fat on the Jets, right? But right. the Jets have an extra week to prepare. I mean, it's the Jets. This team going to go Jets have a lot of people coming I back. I will say this. Lev Bell's supposed to right. be back. Perryman's supposed to be back. Mims may be back. They may have their look. full offense. Mm -hmm. Who knows how much of an impact it'll have. But that's real NFL starters coming back. 
And at the end of the day, the Cardinals will go into a spot where instead of having the chance to go up to I mean, five and zero would be amazing. They were favored, if you will, but to go to four and one, it's now a must win. Because here's what's happening, Dane. Quietly, they're falling back to the worst team in the division, and they now need to beat the New York Jets. It's the New York Jets, but you have to get that game. Yeah. No, I hear you, and part of the reason you talk about the Arizona Cardinals potentially falling to the bottom of the NFC West is because the Rams got their third win of the season yesterday. They go to 3-1 and one with a 17-9 victory over the Giants, where, quite frankly, though, Kev, they did just enough. They get bailed out mm-hmm. with a late Cooper Cup 50-55-yard touchdown catch and run. That was big. But it was a little nip and tuck here for a while. People that had the Rams in their survivor pools, like myself, had a little bit of a sweat in the fourth quarter in this one. Offensively, they were terrible. Now, they scored a touchdown on their first drive. And it's, it's a dangerous game to try and handicap Players' mentality, okay? and But it's valuable when you can get it right. I expected the Rams, after being down 28-3, to seeing themselves take a lead and then lose that game, to be super aggressive, to come out and look to punch the Giants in the mouth for the full four quarters. And instead, they came out, they scored, and they said, cool, good, this team's terrible. We did exactly what we needed to do, and they fell asleep at the wheel. And they very well could have lost this football game. As, you know, they only had that, you mentioned, Cooper Cup break play. A little slot shake, and he breaks free and makes the Giants defense look the way But it's 10-9 with five minutes left to go before that happens. 100%. 100%. So this, and their defense played well. Their defense played well. So this is a type of performance for the Rams where it's results over process. But next week you travel to Washington, you're going back to the East Coast. You know, you have to continue to kind of keep your keep your pace here. Don't let this become the norm where you're kind of, you know, falling asleep, getting wins, because that type of stuff catches up to you. And I'll also just quickly mention Cam Akers, anybody? Goodness me, this backfield? Who wants a piece of this? Not I. Yeah, I hear you. Let me tell you something that you may respond to as thinking I'm crazy. Moving forward, I'm going to keep my eye on Devontae Freeman. I'm not saying I want a piece of this Giants backfield, but my fear with Freeman was that he was going to also, you know, lose all the passing game work to Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, two catches for eight yards. Devontae Freeman, four for 35. Devontae Freeman getting the 11 carries. Now, it's not amazing against that defensive line, but what was clear to me is that Freeman is going to be the lead back for this team moving forward. He may be worth a roster spot with Biden weeks coming up you know he's going to be the lead in this backfield and if you are desperate i think he's going to grow in potential grow in production and there could be worse places you can go kev yeah that's fine i I mean it's just a matter of with this team yeah like if i said you could just plug giants running back right the same way you plug in giants defense if you could plug in giants running back like i don't even know if that's a guaranteed flex play but uh, if you had to, if you had to draft one of these guys or roster one of these guys, yeah. it does seem like Freeman's the one.
All right, fair enough. Last game that happened yesterday that we want to talk about. Joe Burrow, the kid, gets his first victory in the NFL. The Bengals 33-25 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was Burrow's first win. He throws for 300 yards. But this is about Joe Mixon, who came Mm -hmm. back here with 25 carries, 151 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Big day for Mixon as the Bengals get their first win. Absolutely, Mixon, they have to feel awesome about that. Joe Burrow gets the first win. For me, though, the the Jags is where I'm a little bit more interested, right? Okay. This is a team that wins week one. They hang around the Titans, Thursday night football. What can they do against the Dolphins? And then people are betting them here against the Bengals. Those are two of the games they're supposed to win, right? Right. They're actually going to get wins. They are right back to worst team in football territory. They've given up 30-plus in three straight weeks. Nice to see DJ Shark back. But we go back to the Jags now. Surprise, is Gardner better than we thought? And I'm guilty of that. I like this team. I like what we saw from this team. But the Jags are a bottom five team in football. And any idea that that wouldn't be the case now after week four should be pretty bad. I agree with you. They clipped the Colts in the opener, you know what I mean? But maybe that was the uh, the anomaly out there. The last thing I'll say, and I hate to say this, but I have to make the statement, A.J. Green is done. A.J. Green is done with the Cincinnati Bengals. This is Higgins, Boyd, and the rest. We'll talk about it more Monday Night Football doubleheader when we come back. But check the news update for now. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And we welcome back our radio audience from around the country who's waking up early with us, trying to get all the information they need to make it a profitable day, including, of course, the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. Kev, you know, um, we're playing two games tonight. All right, on Monday Night Football. And the first one is the rescheduled New England Patriots in Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. When we talked about this game on Friday, Kev, it was a seven, seven and a half point um, spread. It was also a 52 and a half point total. Now I stand at a 10 and a half point spread, three points more, and a three point difference in the total as well at 49 and a half and obviously the difference here is that over the weekend cam newton tested positive for covid 19 they're doing all the tracing testing and they are going to continue this game but kev what this pretty much solidifies is that everyone views cam newton as a three-point player here and talk to me about the difference in this game from what we originally thought on friday night i gotta tell you the truth kev i'm I'm disappointed that we don't get to see this game because remember the way we talked about it, or at least the way I talked about it, I was very excited to see if Cam Newton had the other element that Lamar Jackson proved to not have against the Chiefs when asked about it, right, in that game Monday night. I fundamentally believe that Cam Newton would have the answers to some of that questions, making the Patriots really the toughest matchup the Chiefs could possibly see, and now we're kind of robbed of that, Kev. Yeah, I mean, listen, Brian Hoyer is a quarterback, so this goes back to an uglier version of what they were with Brady last year. Yeah. I I mean, 
this is the thing. I've told this story a bunch of times because it is the game like where I feel like I learned the biggest lesson ever, which was a Thursday night game where Jacoby Brissett started for the Pats against the Houston Texans, and I thought right. the Texans were going to absolutely steamroll the Pats and went the complete other way. And it was, mm-hmm. oh, it's not about Bill being, you know, on a short turnaround, unprepared. His opponent is. But Brian Hoyer doesn't offer anything different. Like, he offers yeah, less different, right. weapons than Cam Newton. The Pats are also now traveling day of. Like, they're getting yeah. on their plane now. That's not great. Really, this comes down to trying to handicap the mentality for the Kansas City Chiefs. Do they look at this as blood in the water against the New England Patriots, the perennial best team in the AFC that they have been for, you know, decade plus? Or do they see Brian Hoyer maybe the same way they saw Justin Herbert and fall asleep for a little bit? And you cover 10 in the hook here. For me, I think the bet that I end up making is the Chiefs team total of 30 and playing it over the number. Because... I get the Chiefs to show up. Because here's the thing, Dane. Remember when we were doing our roster resets and the both of us kind of tiptoeing around the Pats being terrible, right? Yes. Because they lost yes, all I of this that. defensive talent. And Jared that was, was going to be the – No, no, exactly. But this okay. is now that team. Except yep. Hoyer might even be less encouraging than Jared Stidham. Right. And we've actually now seen evidence of this defense looking bad. So, this, I, I'm not, once again, how many times, have, we've now done this multiple times with the Chiefs, where people will tell you the safe side is to take points against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Nope, not I, won't do it. I don't really know if I need to lay 10 in a hook here, though, either. I think I might just go and play the Chiefs team total over the 30 and <laughs> have, faith, have faith that this offense has, you know, the energy, the hunger to go out there and hang a big number on Bill and his boys. So let me ask you this. If you're kind of the thing you trust the most in this game is that Kansas City can put up a 30 spot, right? I have to ask you, and I think I asked you this when we were previewing the game, uh, you know, last week when we thought it was going to happen on Sunday. And my question is this, right? You talk about what Bill Belichick can do on the offensive side of the ball and the defense isn't prepared. This defense has now seen Kansas City, led by Patty Mahomes, multiple times, Kev, right? In an AFC championship game, in key regular season matchups on primetime. We know what Bill Belichick likes to do on defense. Take away what you do best. And we know that we have been talking about this Kansas City Chiefs offense as like, It don't matter what you take away, right? Because they have the best tight end in football. They have three wide receivers that run 4-3 or or faster, right, in the Legion of Zoom. And now this element of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, especially in the pass game, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, right? If you're Bill Belichick, what hand are you trying to tie behind Patty Mahomes' back? What do you think they're going to come out and try to do to slow this Chiefs offense to prevent them from putting up a 30-burger, like you say? His right hand? His right hand? Can I tie, can I, can I tie his right hand behind his back and see if he can sure. do it left-handed? Which he still he might, might be able, able to and do it with like, a no-look pass, too. This is why they're the best team in football, right? Because you still got to have a game plan, though, right? You have a plan, you though. You do, 
Hey, you do, first of all, let's let me let me just say this, okay? You play the Kansas City Chiefs. There is no hey, do we need to focus on Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the running game? That's not a thing. It's do we have to focus on Tyreek, Mikol, Watkins all getting behind us, or do we have to try and stop and and see if we can take away Kelsey and then make them uncomfortable throwing the ball down the field? Okay, that's what you're talking about here. And the problem is. Tyreek and Michael Harmon are two of the fastest players in all of football. Travis Kelsey's the best tight end or the second best. Be- or well, George Kittle may have something Kittle, to say about that from last night, but yes. Whatever. Fine. 1A, 1B. Don't care. Like, that's why. So Bill can go out there and throw every look in the book. And there's also the question of, Dane, do they even have the personnel? That's quietly the question mm. on, this pa- on this Patriots team. Because as... Again, we've both come around here to this to this offense. We like what we've seen, kind of confirming our expectations. Though I think we, you know, at least certainly, I was excited about what Cam would be able to do against this team or for oh, this yeah. team, right? Yes. But the defense had a really good game against Fitz Week One. Awful against Russ. I won't ha- I won't hold it against you, but that's not what happened last year for this team, right? Until sure. the end of the season. So now. Like, this just might be a whole different stratosphere. The Patriots don't make the playoffs with, with Brian Hoyer as our quarterback, right? And that was the question always. To be, to be fair, though, could, would it surprise me if this is a game that's three points in either direction going into the fourth? No, because the Chiefs do have a tendency to fall asleep and be like, ah, we'll get back. And at some point, somewhere along the line, they will bury themselves too deep to come out of it. Right, but they still might get thirty points in that effort, and that's why I feel closer about. Why I feel better about the total. All right, fair enough. The team total is the place that Kev's going. There's just so much up in the air for me on this game. I think I'm going to stay on the sidelines in this game from a sports investment perspective because I don't know about Hoyer. I don't know about the mental makeup of these teams given the scare. Remember, Jordan Tamu, the Chiefs quarterback on the practice squad, he also tested positive for COVID, right? So yeah. all that anxiety we talk about, you know, that's that's really in place there for me. I'm, I'm not touching this one. You have one point left because we do have another Monday Night Football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just want to uh, throw out there, though, yeah. You, if we expect the Pats to be in a negative game script, right, then, you know, you can kind of lean on that towards some of the props market. I just wanted okay. to ask you about Edwards Hilaire. And yeah. if you think that this is a game that lines up for him to have a big day on the ground, that rushing prop is at 72 yeah. and a half. The rushing receiving combines 101 yeah. and a half. Maybe he's established himself so much in the past game that you never want to leave that behind. But t- this is a game where it'll be interesting to yes. see what his workload looks like. Yeah, I think, and you know, we've had this conversation a bunch of times, Kev. I think this could profile to be one where CEH gets more carries than he has in the last couple of weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is, I go back. And this sounds crazy. I go back to that wild card game against Tennessee last year, where the idea of right hand, left hand, where Bill Belichick and the defense decided it was their prudent choice of action 
to take away Ryan Tannehill and the balls downfield. Remember that? And 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 Derrick Henry ran for 157, I believe, in that game. Mm-hmm. That is a data point wherein, and I know it's a different calculation because the Chiefs offense is different, but when faced with a similar question of what's the right hand to stop, the Pats in that scenario kept their safeties back, and we're like, then we'll try and stop the run with our front seven. And obviously, I think the logical answer when facing Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs is to play it similarly, right? Uh, you spoke about that. I do believe this could be an environment that opens up running lanes for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. In that continuum we talk about all the time, this could be a more mm-hmm. heavy run game for CEH. So you make a great point about that. The other Monday night football game that gets kind of second billing now. And we'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side of the break. But Kev, to me, I can't figure out who's going to be available here on Green Bay, right? There's Adams, there's Lazard. Now what is this wide receiver room like with Aaron Rodgers who's going bonkers? Is it MVS and then a bunch of scrubs? And then on the Atlanta side, we know Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage is like coming back from a concussion. So availability is going to be very interesting to me here with both of these teams. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. How might this happen? We know the Falcons have been given up leads and we know the Packers have been scoring points of plenty so we'll see how this one plays out are you just on the over we'll find out what Kevin is on we'll find out how I think this will play out when we come back right here on the early line and then after that we got fight night in the American League Divisional Series also these teams do not like each other we'll talk about that when we come back right here on the early line sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com hey welcome back here everybody right on to the early line giving you the edge on sports grid in order to have the edge you need all the information possible, and that's why you'll watch and listen to the early line right here, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, five days a week. The Spittin' Statistician and the Candle Burner giving you what you need. I don't know what to think about this game, though, Kev. Okay, as we see here, we got the Packers at Lambeau at home for Monday Night Football. They are laying seven, and I talked about it. Both of these wide receiver rooms are compromised. Okay, Devontae Adams, we think he may be able to give it a go, but Alan Lazard had that core muscle injury through practice, so we left with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. On the Atlanta side, what's been a revelation, right, is Calvin Ridley ascending, Russell Gage being relevant. Well, Gage is coming back from a concussion, Ridley banged up. We know Julio even missed last week, so I don't know what to make of the passing attacks of both of these teams, and that's where their bread is buttered, Kev. How do you see this one playing out? I'm struggling to tell if my stomach is hurting because I need cereal or I hate what I'm about to say. But I think it's the latter, although I could go for some cereal, but we've got time. I really think the Falcons are the play to the point where I honestly think you might have to hit the 260 money line as well. And I promise wow. you, 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 you've known me long enough to know, Dan, I'm not here to just say things so I can come back around like, I told you so. The Falcons have... Two weeks in a row, been up double digits. It's true. That was the exact description of the Detroit Lions when they went into Arizona. And they finally saw one go in the basket. 
The Falcons are likely to have Julio, Ridley, and that's important because on the other side, Lazard is out. Mm-hmm. And Dr. David Chow said he thinks Devontae might be out as well. Now, yes, it's very realistic that the Packers win this game by 24 points. Don't, don't, like, the wheels finally okay. fall off for the Falcons. I'm not telling you that that's not realistic. But the Packers were down last game in Lambeau, 14-3. to Can Atlanta, I mean, can they really blow double-digit leads three weeks in a row? Now, the counter to that is, oh, they're not going to have a double-digit lead, and I totally understand your point. But I look at this team a little bit healthier. They desperate. I mean, they are fighting for their lives mm-hmm. entering this game. Packers are banged up in their receiving core, like pretty, pretty considerably, right? Yeah. The Packers' defense can be had, and I'll throw this as a final caveat out there. But Dane, at the end of the day, there are two games now on Monday night, right? And these were distant cousins that now just became. Blood Brothers. Sure. And they now matter. And I, I've seen this far too long because now they go hand in hand. Your teasers, your money line parlays, and somewhere people are going to get tripped up. And tonight, every teaser brings the Packers down to a pick Every single one of them. And last night, everybody showed up to Sunday Night Football saying, man, we just need to beat the Eagles. And we close out this three-team teaser. We close out this four-team money line parlay. And you lose. And that's stuff that really does happen here. I am not saying this to come back because tomorrow this team really might get blown out by 20. I really think the side is Atlanta plus the seven, and you touch this 260 money line as well. All right, let me ask you one more question about this one, Kev, and it's about Packers star running back Aaron Jones, okay? We talk about how compromised the Packers are. Right, We talk about whether it's Devontae Adams, if he gives it a go or not. Lazard, who has been something of a revelation for the Packers without Adams, he will be gone as well. But Aaron Jones, listen, over 300 yards rushing in three games, entered week four leading the NFL or tied for the league lead with four touchdowns on the ground, has been effective in the receiving game as well. And I look like, Kev, you like the anytime touchdown market, but Aaron Jones is minus 390 to score no, a touchdown. Not. Today, no, oh, he absolutely not. is minus three ninety to score a touchdown anytime. And then when I look at his rushing total, it's eighty two and a half. His combined scrimmage yard total, it's one twelve and a half. Do you pivot to any of these Aaron Jones things? Trust me, I wouldn't lie to you, Kev. Minus three ninety, brother man. That's unacceptable. That's simply unacceptable. You can't bet that number. Please, okay. please, I beg. Listen, even if you think I'm I'm Well, insane. these Packers are going to get in the end zone. They're not going to get shut out, in my opinion. Dane, so they're minus 320 to win the game. Like, okay. even if I just said that they're going to lose the game. Still, like, what? That's where you want to go. Where I you want to go. Let's bet you're the prop man, right? I just think now, that the Jones stuff is too crazy yeah. on the touchdown market. What about right, right, Russian right, right, receiving? Right. What about some other options? Yeah. No, well, that's the thing. If Devontae's out, right, like right. you can probably grab yourself some rushing and receiving. I, I think that's a good way to play this. You're probably going to want to take a look. There's a reason why, by the way, the only numbers that are up are Rodgers and Aaron Jones because they don't know Devontae yet, and that then impacts right. what the MVS numbers are looking like. 
I, I again, I mean, even we don't know, like all that's up are the running backs because we don't have Ridley or Jones or Gage or mm-hmm. Hurst, right? So there's a right. lot that we're going to have to wait for. I'll then just take this quick opportunity to to say once again, don't you dare anybody out there lay minus three ninety on an anytime touchdown score. Don't you dare. <laughs> I will be heartbroken here that anybody that watches this show lay minus three ninety on an anytime touchdown score. Secondly, could you imagine if this Packers team though actually took two guys with their first two picks that could actually help this team this year? I, yeah. I mean, like yeah. we're talking about the NFC title contenders, and this team's three and zero. They look awesome. They're right there on the same line with the Seahawks. Again, they very well the might. The number one offense in football through three weeks. Yeah. And they took two offensive players to start that the draft. He's not playing for them. And Get neither no one of them contribute. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's just so wild. It's so yeah. wild. Yeah. Falcons. And I remember at that Falcons. point in the draft, we talked about this, Kev. We talked about yeah. this a ton. We did draft previews left and right. We were liking the Packers Ready. to get what? Like a Patrick Queen maybe? Like a stud linebacker in there, yeah. right? We thought True. that they could do. And imagine, because they'd still be scoring 40 points a game and then have that on the defensive side. It's going to be very interesting. Keep an eye out for the via- the availability of some of these stud wide receivers. And I think they mm-hmm. will pivot to Aaron Jones. I hear you. I do think ultimately that's, that seven points scares me. The back door could be open, right? We see Matt Ryan in garbage time. But um, I do think Green Bay wins this game and doesn't get upset outright, like you mentioned you saw on Sunday Night Football. But, Kev, football and basketball are not the only sports we got to talk about because over the weekend, the wild card round came to a close, and we are now standing at the precipice today of the division series. And I got to tell you something, Kev, in the American League at least, I don't think we could have got two better matchups, right? What we have is the New York Yankees against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland Athletics against the Houston Astros. One of the points you made, Kev, about this first wild card round is that a lot of teams were seeing unfamiliar teams. Because remember, the schedule is all about the division games, right? But with so many division games, you also build rivalries. You also breed contempt. And I believe we are going to see that animosity on full display this week in the American League Division Series, Kev. So first of all, right, on Houston-Oakland, which will be the first game that gets going at 4 o'clock Eastern time, the Oakland Athletics have been installed as a minus-136 favorite for the series, Houston coming back at plus-116, and then for the game today, it's McCullers on the mound for Houston, Bassett, who saved the season for Oakland in his previous start, on the hill for the A's, and in this one, the A's in game one, minus-148 with Bassett on the mound, and then we have to remind everybody where the bad bad blood stems from not only do the astros banging on the garbage can win the division over the a's who win like 97 games a year but remember earlier in the year right it was ramon loriano who was thrown out who charged the mound and we had a benches clearing brawl between these teams and now they fight it out to get to the alcs yeah what's really interesting is trying to negotiate the single game money lines and your series prices. So the A's today are minus 148, right? It's a single bet. You win that bet, great. But they're minus 136 on the series price. And in a five game set, which is very, which is worth reminding those watching, these are five game sets. Yeah. The A's have to go to minus 230 
ish. Like these are there's always monster moves on these series prices after a single game. To where might the value be for Oakland on the series price? Similar, maybe even to the next game here. I, I tell you, I don't have the same conviction to go against the Astros the way I did last series. Mm. And now the Twins are a mess. And again, I really think they should investigate renaming and relocating because it's the only way you can shake the dust that is this cloud that hangs over them. But the Astros are a team that maybe they needed to just see, you know, kind of one go in the basket. Mm. And they feel like they're playing with house money. They know this Oakland team well. Oakland still now they got past the White Sox, who I felt like maybe were a bad matchup for them. This is an Astros team that they know well. They got the better of most times they saw them. Still no Matt Chapman. Look, I'm leaning towards Oakland here, and I'm trying okay. to figure out, Dane, if In the, the game value, or the series? Though, it, both. But both? I'm trying to okay. figure out if the value is the game or the series. No, that makes sense, and we will see. I'm excited for this one because I think the bad blood is going to boil over at one point. And the same can be said for the other series, Kev, okay, with the mm. Yankees and the Rays. If you remember this, you know, the, the A's and the Astros fought, like, early in the season in that glorious 60-game season. The Rays and the Yanks, if you remember, Chapman threw 101 over the head of Mike Brousseau, right? And then remember at the end of that game where the Rays manager, Kevin Cash, was like, I got a stable of guys that throw 98, and that's all I'm saying. Basically being like, watch out. We going to drill you when we play again. Well, what do you know? When they play again, happens to be game one of the ALDS. This will be taking place in the bubble in San Diego. And similarly, we've got the Yankees installed as minus 128 series favorites. The Rays, the one seed, the best record in the American League, plus 108. And then today, boy, do we have a pitching matchup, Kev. We got Garrett Cole against Blake Snell. Garrett Cole, a minus 148 favorite in this one. The only other thing I'll say in this one. To set the context for you, Kev, what I think is interesting, all these best of five series are happening five days in a row. No off days in the DSs. And that's going to be interesting management of the rotation. I don't like that, by the way. I would have gone through. Well, there's no city to travel to. They're in the bubble. Yeah, but five days in a like five in a row is it's different. Baseball is Uh out of its mind. Baseball's out of its mind. So I go all the time with the top three starters, right? Can we still do that with five days in a row? You can get, I think, your game one and game five if you get to the fifth. I think you can. But that's it, right? I mean, Cole starts today. Game five would be Friday. That would be short rest for him if they came back. But we're a long way away from that. Yeah, but it's the playoff. Like, short rest is, like, the name of the game, right? For me, I see the Yankees playing the Rays. I see Blake Snell on the mound. Blake Snell. Real good pitcher. Good as the triple crown pitching. Good as Shane Bieber. Bieber. I don't know, But Snell has seen this lineup this year a couple times, whereas Bieber never did. But the healthy lineup, listen, this is another series where I'm just going to have to be aggressive. Because for whatever reason, I decided that I hate good pitching. Now, guess what? Worked in round one. Worked in round one. Indians, (laughs) Reds. Home, right? The Rays are the last one standing. Well, so be it then. 
Yankees team total over three and a half. The game over seven. The Yanks minus a run and a half. The Yanks on the series price. Garrett Cole dominates, and I'm going to go wild. I can't wait for it. What an exciting game. What an exciting game. We'll talk about it more on the other side of the break and wrap it up and see what was Kevin's actual pick in this one again? We'll do it when we come back. Fantasy Sports Today. Look, Russell Wilson, right now, I mean, he just makes it look so easy, and you feel like everything's coming together for him, and this energy level of this team has been great. Wilson looks like MVP. I know I keep saying it, but, man, it looks like it's going to be true. So, Eric, what were your thoughts on Seattle in this game? My question is, why weren't they letting Russ cook in other years? Because right now it looks like it doesn't matter how many points you score. The Seahawks are just going to score more. The Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back right here as we continue to put the fun and functional sports content on the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid, Dana and Kev. And Kev, it seems like you're shoving all in with the New York Yankees here. Is that a function of the bad blood or a function of your uh, uh, objective sports investment handicapping? And look, at the end of the day, super unbiased journalists, as people have seen. <laughs> people might say, oh, that's not true. At the end of the day, listen, we're... We, we keep it real. Like, the, the Yankees did exactly what I said they would do against the Indians. Right. Now, to close that last segment, look, I don't like the Rays. We're feeling aggressive. This is a series, though, where the Rays are a much better baseball team than the Cleveland Indians. And I do think that the total of seven is likely low. I don't really want to lay minus 150 up against this Rays team and Blake Snell. But the Yankees bats always give me a chance to get over. Garrett Cole still prone a little bit to the home run ball, even in his most dominant performances. So even just a touch of traffic on the bases, that could be disastrous. So I think this is another spot where I understand why the book has to post the seven with Cole and Snell on the mound, the same way they had to post six and a half with with Cole and Bieber on the mound. But And it's also a total. I never feel out of it, right? Like at the end of the day, when it's seven, you just you always feel like you're in the mix. I will say this, though, and it's something I've thought about here with these small, small totals and all these aces thrown in a lot of these games, and I should and I should do a better job of kind of following it and tracking it, but the no-run first inning bet, or will there be a run in the first inning bet, is very, very like popular, that. right? But a lot of yeah. times it's big minus money, right? If you're someone out there that likes an over, right, maybe you wait out the first inning right, for there to be no run, and then you can come back in. Now, it might blow up in your face the same way that Aaron Judge, you know, the two-run shot to start that game, but that could be a spot where if you're like, listen, uh, seven, I'd rather get six and a half, maybe you wait out the first inning and that opportunity comes for you. Yep, and to do that, you can catch my man Kevin Walsh in-game live. He will tell you when to pull the trigger on that one. I got to tell you something, Kev. For me, in these division series, the fact that it's five in a row is going to matter somewhere. If a team puts up a big... 
you know, outing in game one, game two compromises the bullpen, that could have a lasting effect in this series. And I do think one of these eight teams are going to be bit by that bug this week. When it happens, we'll talk about it here on the early line. But on the grid, the morning after is up next. Have a great day, everybody. We'll be back here bright and early tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.